0: On today's episode of Super Dharma Bros, I, Chris, discuss why Americans become Buddhists. So, thanks for listening. Now, what I suggest you do is this. Have yourself seated with your backs as straight as possible, but not stiff. Don't put words on it. But if you can't help words running in your head, don't think do it. Okay, uh, hi everyone. I'm Chris, um, with the, uh, Dharma Bros. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I'm really bad at talking to no one, even though I'm talking to somewhere between probably realistically two people and, like, the world. Um, but I think it's probably the two people. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not good at kind of like the talking at screens and cameras thing. Um I'm, I I normally prefer talking with groups and crowds and people. Um so I do apologize if this feels like I'm reading from a thing um because I'm probably going to be reading from a thing. Um so yeah, I just wanted to kind of start out with that. Um So what we're talking about today uh is why Americans become Buddhist, uh, which, you know, I I don't want to talk about this from the perspective entirely of my own story, even though I'm an American Buddhist, um, because we each have different stories. Uh, But this does have a lot of kind of my own story wrapped up in it, and you might hear part of your own, um, no matter where you're at on the path of thinking about this um where i've where i've gotten this information from is you know anecdotally just talking to other american buddhists um because there are a lot of us out there and uh this is this is a big part of our conversation at some point uh and also i i've gotten this information from um I'll into a lot of different podcasts on American Buddhism, reading up on books on American Buddhism. Um, and I'll try and maybe drop some of those titles or I'll put them in the show notes um, just so you can look these up as well and kind of hear these stories. Um, so yeah, there's that. So to start, I think the things that I'm talking about here are just kind of general observations. They're not, you know, it's it's not super-duper precise. And I encourage you that if you think... Um, think about this and kind of share why you've become Buddhist or why you're getting into Buddhism, why you're thinking about Buddhism, and also thinking about what you're looking to get out of Buddhism, you know, like the other side of this, like, yeah, you are coming to Buddhism, but what are you hoping to get out of it? So that's something that's a good conversation we could all be having. So I think Kevin is actually the huge exception to this, which he'll probably talk about this in later talks but many Western Buddhists start out believing in or being raised in another faith. Um, and the West in America, obviously it's often a Judeo Christian one because it's not a Christian country, quote unquote prescriptively, but it is in that that's who's here. You know, that's who came here first as the people who took over. Um, colonialism yay but yeah so so you know that is deep in our roots and i think a lot of us come from that and i think i think in the west as well christianity also has roots with the status quo because the two western culture and christianity have come together they kind of become inseparable at certain points um And this kind of often kind of forces like a narrowing of views and kind of ostracizing folks who fall just outside of those views to various degrees. Um, A Lutheran pastor who I really like and an overall badass, uh, Nadia Bowles Weber, talks about this a lot. And she describes a lot of Western Christianity as nurturing only this small circle of people. But that so many people are out in the corners past that small circle. So I think a lot of Christians recognize this too. And I think it's understandable that when faced with marginalization and oppression, a lot want to leave. You know, they don't want to be a part of that anymore. Um, You know, pick a thing. Gay rights, abortion, LGBTQ attitudes. I don't know. You could pick like a thousand. Um, Gender roles. What if it's around gender for some reason? Anyway, neither here nor there. So yeah, but I think a lot of us also possess what's called the religious imagination. So basically we live in a world growing up being in the, in, in a religious society where we can imagine more. There can always be more. Things can be bigger, you know, So I think what happens is, okay, we're looking to leave religion. In the West, we're given the option of, okay, you can leave religion and become, you know, atheist. And you can believe in science, materialism. You can believe that in the absolute. You can only, only what you can see, touch, measure, all that. That's all there is. And that feels almost equally limiting. We're still missing something in our life when we go that way. That's how some of us feel. So what we're looking for is this, like, I don't know, the middle way. It That phrase just keeps working everywhere. So for a lot of us, I think that breaking point with our old faith comes at a period of high stress. So something goes wrong, and then we look to our faith for an answer. And we either kind of get the stock like, it's part of God's plan and you're not supposed to understand it. Uh... You know, or we get, at worst, you get the story of Job kind of thing, where Job's friends say, it's your fault because you're bad. God only does bad things to bad people. And the reality is that's not true. We all go through bad things. This is the, the key part of the suffering talk, uh, dukkha, you know, that we talked about in the Four Noble Truths. We all encounter it at some point. And instead of thinking that, you know, people are punished for that for, for having bad things happening. We're just like, no, of course, bad things happen. So wh- when we when we face this, we start having a lack of um, we start when when we when we face our problems and we go to our old faiths, we're often given a lack of like really convincing answers or thorough answers or just answers that make any sense. And that's where the Buddha started as well. He experienced the woes of life And then said, well, what do I do? And he looked for answers, but every answer he got wasn't quite good enough. It touched on it. It definitely got a little closer sometimes, but it wasn't the whole thing. So coincidentally, and I don't know if this is like just total happenstance or some like beautiful karmic cosmic blah, 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 whatever. The Buddhism that many of us meet in America was already undergoing modernization in its home countries before it even arrived here. And I highly recommend reading a book um, by Anne Glegg called American Dharma. You can listen to podcasts with her. She's on like every Buddhist podcast, um, like the last two years she's been on, um, talking about this book and talking about basically what has gone into Buddhism coming to America. And it's a lot more complicated than I thought or a lot of us think when we have the story of Buddhism in America. But the Buddhism that first came here, in almost all the schools, was one that was already reacting to modernism in its own countries. Being often in colonial countries, they said, out of survival, we need to react. We need to basically meet the modern world. And instead of pushing against it, the way a lot of faiths in the status quo here have, They said, we're going to work with it. We're going to kind of meet it. We're going to start worrying about science. We're going to argue in scientific ways. We're not going to deny modernity. We're going to adapt to modernity. And that is the story of Buddhism as a whole. Buddhism shows up in a place and it changes and adapts. Now, interestingly, Buddhism started doing it in its own countries out of a way to survive. But I think it's interesting that The Buddhism that showed up here was dealing with, essentially, the same issues that we in America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s were also dealing with, and then they met. And, of course, it was perfect. I think if Buddhist missionaries had showed up talking about, like, if you step on a bug, you'll be reborn in the eighth cold hell of blah, blah, blah. Or if they talked about how, like, women couldn't attain enlightenment. Or, like, all these other super problematic things that exist in Buddhism, historically. Historically. If they came here talking about those things, Americans would be like, no, I'm not. What? This is the same thing. And they would be mildly right. Um, But but it didn't. It came here kind of kind of emphasizing a whole different set of values. So instead of like authoritarianism, the status quo, uh, superstition, things like that, it was promoting rationality. It was promoting community. It was, it was promoting change, and it was promoting flexibility. And these were things that I think a lot of Americans, myself included, wanted when they were trying to find a step away from limiting faith or toxic faith. Yeah, so I think in general, the reason people come to Buddhism is they're questioning life, they're questioning literally everything. They're questioning every part of their life at a certain point, often as a reaction to you know, suffering, as a reaction to problems they're having in life and not getting suitable answers. And for many of us, Buddhism answers these questions or guides the evolution of these questions into bigger questions. But I think we can only truly appreciate Buddhism's beauty and its flexibility and its ability to grow when we understand where it comes from. We are just microcosms of the larger Buddhist world, which at a similar point in its history looked around itself and asked, can there be more? Can we be more? And we truly are touching the world as it is right now. Are we doing that? So while every Buddhist and every Buddhist tradition is unique in how it changes and adapts and how it learns and grows and how it navigates, that larger question each of us has asked the same. We've all asked this question. Can there be more? Can we be more? And we all agree the answer is yes. The how gets a little more complicated, but we do agree that there is something more we can do. What comes after that is each our own story. But when we bring our stories together, we become one. And this is how Buddhism is formed. We are Buddhism so yeah share what you think um feel free to share in comments and things and discuss and yeah thank you thank you for talking with me thanks now what i suggest you do is this have yourself seated with your backs as straight as possible but not stiff don't put words. on it. you can't help words running in your head something to